All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store Soho. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Whitney Matheson of USA Today, and tonight's guests, Ben Grant and Thomas Lennon. Screen writing, screen writing, screen writing. Thank you for having us. Yay, I'm so excited. Hey, Whitney. Hey. Hey, Hi. guys. Welcome to hey. the most expensive real estate in the entire world. <laughs> we have to keep this kind of quick because we're doing one of these at the Dell store in yeah, Elizabethtown. There's a <laughs> Dell store that's just opened in Elizabethtown. And, you know, it's, it's also pretty great. They're good computers. Yeah. No, you, so you are concentrating on, you write about writing blockbusters, huge movies with big stars that make lots of money, have lots of special effects. That's what you specialize in. We, we started um, as sketch comedians doing shows like in this, in this neighborhood, and we're here for a dozen years living in New York. Uh, this book is not about that experience. This book is no. about how to navigate the waters of the studio system, which we've been doing now for a decade. Uh, and it's, it's good. It's got a lot of information in it that's not in a, a lot of the other screenwriting books. I should point books. out the, the stories in the book, and I, I think you've read the book. I know you read the book because you said nice things about it in USA Today. Uh, but it's, it, it's actually told with love, even though it is a sort of warts and all experience of what it's like to write for the studios. And, you know, how you'll get fired without knowing about it and things like that. Uh, it actually is... We, we, we love the studio system. Well, we like it a lot. We, we like working we work in it there. a lot. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. it's just, it's really interesting once you have learned, like, the difference between, like, sort of, like, what they teach you in, in college screenwriting classes and then what it's really like when you have to rewrite, you know, 30 to 50 pages of a movie by Friday, you know, like, in a couple days because right. they've thrown out everything. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of how the sausages are made. Well, the, your first tip, I feel like, is pretty relevant to people in the room, which is move away. You want everybody in New York to get out of the city and go to Los Angeles immediately. This is a major point that we make in the book over and over again. We were the um, last guys we ever thought would move out there, and we were doing a crappy cable show called Viva Variety that shot two seasons here and then moved to Los Angeles for better guest stars. And... We sold two movies our first like week and a half there. Like the the work is is Again, there. They do a lot of production you here. You don't need to be that smart or talented out there. If you have a work ethic, that's a big difference from here. If you have a work ethic, you you've got such an advantage over most of the people in Los Angeles who come there with starry-eyed dreams and no work ethic. Mm -hmm. If you really, really work hard and you're there, you, you will get work. And, and it's, we love the city and eventually we'll sell enough screenplays to be able to afford to move back here. That's the, really the agenda of the book. The point of the book is so you can make enough money to buy a brownstone in the West Village. <laughs> which last time I checked, it, well, they're really expensive. I think Uma Thurman's is on the market for $16 million right now. So... You got to write a butt ton of movies before you can get to that level. We we didn't yeah. we were in denial um, like many screenwriters sure. in the room right now yeah. that you could do it here and you can do indies here. We're not talking about indies. We're talking about all the people that make the decisions we're on studio about, movies are in Los Angeles and you got to see them face to face. You got to be there. You got to be able to take sometimes meetings. to buy a brownstone in the West Village. Mm. You have to write a movie where Ryan Reynolds changes places with a basset hound. 
<laughs> it's or the just village. how we do it. Sometimes you have to make the village. Oh yeah, literally the movie The Village. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now you guys have been working together for so long, for 20 years. Is it an advantage to have to have a screenwriting partner, or is that it is? Difficult? That's a that's an outstanding question. It is if you do it right, and almost no one does it right. Um, writing with another person is almost impossible because that part of your brain that thinks everything you're writing is terrible, and I'm not saying some of what we write is not terrible, but the, the part of your brain that wants to kibosh every single thing you're doing and go back to the beginning and start over and do it again. If you do it in the same room with a have, partner. You have two of those parts. Two of those guys. Now, and you literally just lean over each other's shoulder going, stop, no, don't stop, make that don't, a comma. Oh, that should be a dash. Yeah. We, we, come, we come up with yeah. the idea together, uh, which is helpful to bounce things off of each other. And also say things out loud helps, helps you think sometimes a little bit better. And then we make an outline and then we split up and write the movie in two yeah. separate uh, offices. Writing uh, in the same room is two people doing the work of half of one person. It really is. It, it, it'll kill you. And it'll also end your friendship and your working partnership. It's just, it's not a, it's not a great way to do it. But and, and we talk about in the book, like writing screenplays is really, really easy, but writing outlines is really hard. Uh, and if you really have a really good outline, then two people can do twice the work. Like, then you split up the outline and, and write it in separate rooms. He'll write part one, I'll do part two, I'll mail part two to him. He puts it together, rewrites one and two. I put part three on that. I rewrite one, two, and three. So, so by the time you're at the end, every single time. it's like a 50th draft. And you can write a screenplay really efficiently with a partner. We recommend it. So how long did it take you until you realized what the perfect pitch was? Like how to pitch a well, this, this was a There was a very happy accident, which was that we were in a comedy group called The State. And every single day, thank you, one gentleman, two. One this is the way that people announce that they like marijuana. What? Is you say the state and then they clap. Yep. Um, so we were in a comedy group called The State and for years when we were in that group, every single day at 3 o'clock we would pitch each other new material. And there was 11 of us, so there'd be 10 other people in the room who did not want to do your material because it meant that they would be on the show less because their material would not be getting through. So basically... You, you, you learned how to pitch. You learned how mm -hmm. to just pitch the shit out of stuff. And, yes. then you, and then you also learned that if people didn't like a sketch, it was Get much it. easier to throw it away and write, write another new. one than argue. Uh, and that's working in the studio system. Because as a writer, you're going to lose every argument in the studio system because you're the last person in the room who they care what you think. And so the ability to throw away one joke or act two and three, uh, and write a better one is the is a skill you need. And and writing in a sketch group also taught you discipline because we had to write, you know, fifteen pages a day for seasons Tons. and seasons. So yeah. what we what, the biggest thing I guess we learned is like don't don't argue about it, just have something better. Is really the big one of the biggest secrets of the book is like people will talk, argue about why they think this scene is so great or why this is so funny blah blah blah. The, we he and I have never haven't had an argument in a decade. We don't do it. We, we discuss things. We, we do an outline before, but then anything, the, the policy is we work in a script, and if, if you can write something better, do it. But don't discuss it. It's pointless. Don't talk about why your joke works. That's pointless. You can write so much faster than you can discuss things. Basically. And I feel like a lot of what you write is kind of etiquette related. or In the book. More, yeah. Yes. Uh, like, or maybe just how not to be douchey. 
Well, that, that's what separates the book from 99% of screenwriting books. Is it's not about, like, how do you crack a story? And how do you... What story needs to be told? We don't give a fuck about a story that needs to be told. We're talking about giant studio blockbusters. Did um, Transformer 3 need to be told? Did it need to be told? No. It made a lot of money. Yeah. And, and, and that's what studio is about butts in the seats and not yeah. Robert McKee's story that needs to be told. Like, uh, but but it's, it, it is about etiquette. But for... For many reasons, there's only about 70 people in Hollywood That's that are it. important. And you meet them over and over and over again, and they bounce from studio to studio. Be nice. You need to be not just nice, you need to be sort kind of wonderful. Even when you're fired, yeah. you need to say, I get it, great, yeah. good luck. Like, but the, the difference... Generally, what we say when they fire us, which is like once every 30, 40 days off of projects that we loved and we created, really? um, the best thing you usually say is, you know what, not our first barbecue, we get it. That's what you say. And then they come back to you and they're like, oh my God, the person who was here in between ruined this. Undo what he did. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. And, and by well, the way, they also tell that to the person they replace you with. Yes. They also say, like, oh my God, these guys are awful. Yeah. They're, they, they're funny, but they, could, they have no human feelings. We, we, yeah. we, we know a lot of people who are talented and who hit a dead end in the business just because they were snobs and just because they were grumpy and not fun to be around. Right. Like, part of your job is to be fun to work with because life is short and right. the tenure of a studio executive is even shorter and they want to hang around people who are fun. Yeah, and we, we tend to say yes, which I think is pretty clear from some of the Herbie films that we've written. Taxi. Is we, just, we tend to say yes. When people say, like, hey, do you think you can make that work? Sure. Say, say yes. Because, yeah. like, what's the worst thing that happens? The worst thing that happens has happened to us. It's not that bad. You get fired. You get fired. Or you write Herbie Fully Loaded. Yeah. It's Both literally, it's like, it's the whatever. It's the word. You walk it off. I mean, it's, it hurts for a while. Yeah. But I then you just walk it off. Yeah. I like how uh, there's some gossip in the book, too. A little bit. A little bit. But yeah. you just kind of, you tease with the gossip. Like, you don't really mm. say the full story. Like, I'm dying to hear this Sandra Bernhard story. Mm. Oh, uh, mm. No, Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah, mm. this Wonderful is gonna be podcast people. on in iTunes, right? I don't know. What's up with her? She's a dick. That's what it says in she's, the book. That's all. She's it is. a dick. Yeah. No, she it was, was on. She, yeah. she was on our uh, variety program. Yeah. Viva Variety. Yeah. Best people we, on earth. The best people on earth. Oh, no, yeah. we probably just shouldn't talk about this because we'll yeah. just make it worse. Yeah. I don't want to start some insane feud. Well, maybe I do want to start an insane feud with Sandra Bernhardt. You can't that might win be that. fun. Nobody like, wins that. Does anybody win that? Nobody wins that. I feel like it drags me down to her level. Anyway, more about that later. We'll all talk right, about more about all right, all right. So what movie that you've written are you most proud of? What script would you say? Of one that's been made? Yeah. Um, or not made. Uh, well, we have a... We have, one oh, one that's a, not made is This a is a great question, question because uh, we've, we've had eight films that have been made, or it'll be about nine or ten by the end of this year. And... Uh, to, to get eight films made, this is something pretty important. We, we've never like written a script and then like keep, keep finessing it and gilding the lily and finessing it. We, you have to write, we've written to get eight films made somewhere in the ballpark of 20 to 30 movies, I suppose. Something like that. And not specs, like for no, the no, studios. That we that yeah. were to, you know, hired to write. So the, the, the likelihood that any movie, even that they hire you for, is going to go forward is maybe one in ten. And this means if they've, they've hired you to do it and they're excited and there's people involved, maybe one in ten. It, it's, it's, to a certain extent, you, you have to be a person who writes a lot of scripts. 
to get a script made. Of the ones that have been made, like Night of Museum One turned out pretty good. Yeah, like, like it, it really is very similar to what we wrote, and and kids like it, and adults like it. It's got a good message, and it got people to museums. Like I, I feel that's like a Hollywood studio movie that we both feel pretty guilt-free, mm-hmm. happy about. Uh, I think we have a lot of great scripts that are never going to ever be filmed that we that are sitting on desks at Fox and Universal. A oh, great remake yeah. of. Uh, Walter Mitty of uh, Incredible Shrinking oh. Man, uh, mm. a totally original one about a family that moves to Ireland into a house that's enchanted by you know banshees and fairies and leprechaun, like like some good stuff that that everybody says is in development. Oh no, yeah, let's move forward. Sometimes the weird, that's the weird thing about movies. I think that's part of why we've always kept a presence in like basic cable TV is to sort of keep our sanity because movies. It's not uncommon at all for a movie to take, you know, seven, eight, nine years to really, from, from when you start working on the script to like the first test screening where you actually see the movie, that could easily be five, six, seven, eight years. Oh my God. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Prison was nine. Prison yeah, was yeah, nine absolutely. years. Yeah, from, from writing it and turning it in to Bob Odenkirk, uh, like, like getting a showing green us light a cut to do of the movie it. and yeah. saying, here it goes, yeah. So um, how many projects are you working on right now? I guess you have to be working on a lot of different things at the same time. We're doing specs. We're working on two specs. One is about a comedy about exorcists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work for the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a heist movie based on a true story. It's kind of Ocean Eleven with nerds, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, and then uh, just you know a bunch of other stuff, but big, big and small. But at, at any given point, you, you should be in, in the studio system. You probably need to be working on at least two or three things because of the likelihood of every single one of them falling apart and turning into a horrifying disaster is like in the 85% range, would you big, say? The big studio movie we have going now is Machine with MGM and Vin Diesel is attached. That's, it's sort it's of basically uh, like being there with the Terminator. Yeah, sort of. The Peter Sellers movie. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah. like they greenlit it. And fired us. And so right now... The day, that it, the day it was announced that Vin Diesel was attached and it was moving forward, fired. There's another writer tweaking it now. He's been tweaking it now for nine weeks. Pretty so we're time. guessing it's some pretty major tweaks. Pretty big tweak. Uh, and usually they call us in at the end and have us take out what the tweaker did. And then we untweak. But, you know, I think as we say in the book, it's like it's, once you've, you've worked in the studio system for a while, you, we high-five each other when we get fired. And not because we want to be off the project, but because we know that means they hired somebody else, they've spent more money, the movie's much closer to getting made if, if you've actually been fired. Especially when you're us, because they always fire us and then bring in a heart guy. Yeah. They're like, yeah, the comedy's there, we like your set yeah. pieces, we just need a little heart. Yeah. And heart guys are much more expensive Way than more comedy expensive. guys. So the fact heart that guys are super expensive, because the thing about people who write heart, the heart people, they have Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. They have like Academy Awards and stuff. Oh, one thing, this is important. We, by the way, so you know, New York, this is not a book to win awards. We, we say in the book, if you're doing it right and you're writing movies to make piles of money, you start to think of awards season as just ski season. Yeah. yeah. They're the same season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And when you have no award shows to go to, look at all the time you have to go skiing. It, it frees up those <laughs> it months. It frees up those weekends. Yeah. Yeah. And you cross off the word fun on the cover of the book, but we I did. mean, you have to have one of the most fun jobs in the world, right? It's, it's quite good. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, we really like it a lot. Uh, but the book's yeah. not about that. Like, the, the, yeah. the book is really a, it's a, it's a accurate chart 
of the reefs and sea monsters out there that yes. we have encountered so that hopefully you can steer your way through the studio system a little bit better. Uh, and it's the, the title really is about, you got to keep in mind, the studios don't want to make great films. They want to make money. Uh, and, and so if, if you're going to make... If they make great films it's an accident. while doing that, that's a bonus. Yeah, it's yeah. a bonus that's slash a bonus accident. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but it, especially when you're beginning, you have to kind of remember that. And... and Make your own movies and do your own side passion projects with the money that you've made doing studio movies. Uh, I should also point out, um, we do include in the book, I think either four, five, or six, what we call free movie ideas, which are movies that we had ideas for that we did not pitch yet. A and some of them are actually kind of good. Yeah. So we're hoping that like, it's now a race. that the book is out, it's yeah. like one of those, it's a race to go pitch one of the six free movie ideas in the book. Or just make yeah. it. Just go out there with your iPhone and, and make one of them. Mm. And there's the, the Reno 911 sequel. The entire script, in the very, very back of the book, in the sort of appendix of samples, there's the entire sequel script. Well, this is important. Um, there's a chapter in the book about, like, when should you talk about a movie sequel? And the answer is never, ever, never talk about it because it's the worst jinx in the world. So we... We got deals for Reno 2, Taxi 2, Taxi. and Herbie Fully Loaded 2. Two. And the deals were made for before all the movies came out in the theater. And Doom. were widely hated. Doom. Yeah. yeah. Doom. Never talk about it. Ever, ever, ever. But you're sure there won't be a Reno 911 2? That's a lot of numbers. You know, if there is, there was some discussion for a while of doing this script, Reno 911 SOS. We also talked about doing a follow-up to Reno 911 Miami set at the New York, New York Casino in Las Vegas and calling that movie Reno 911 Miami, New York, New York, Las Vegas. <laughs> Which it, was we like thought, it was like Die Hard. Yeah. And we were the cops outside being we're like, the, don't worry, you just hang on in there. You know, like it was and just inside the building outside. would be like Rob Hubel in a tank top, like yeah. fighting a bunch of terrorists. And, up to, you know. and there's a lot of just, us guys yeah. out here rooting for you. Yeah, we're, we're the guys the rooting whole, for you out on the street. Yeah, yeah. Who are not really that involved with the main plot of the film. Yeah. Um, let's take a few questions from the audience. Someone will come to you with a microphone, and then you'll ask your question. Hold on while the mic is being assembled. Check. Right here in the front row? Yep. Hi, I just want to know, uh, Mr. Lennon, what was your experience in uh, 17 again? And uh, uh, I love you, man. And what were Jason Siegel, uh, Paul Rudd, and Zach Efron like? Can you add two more questions to the end of that so I can just I can cover a little bit more? Then add, add a little bit more. I'll, I'm going to cover it all. Also, uh, mm -hmm. what are some of the upcoming movies that you're going to be writing, writing, about, writing screenplays for? Okay, great. And can I get one more on the end? You ever heard of Dolphin Tail? Great, I can't wait. Here we go. Um, Zach Efron is one of the nicest people you ever meet in your entire Ow. life. It's Ow. almost like he doesn't know how unbelievably fucking dreamy he is. He's yeah. a, a sweet, down-to-earth person who is basically just raised right. Uh, Jason Siegel is far taller than you'd think, and boy, that's a pretty good-looking penis. Uh, Paul Rudd is top two, top top three men I've kissed, and I'm completely straight with a child at home. So he's still very high on the list of men that I've kissed. Just, uh, and I guess maybe it's because he's kind of like kissing a girl with those pretty eyes. Very pretty um, eyes, very pretty eyes. Uh, the next part of that question was, we're currently working on scripts for uh, The Machine. We're writing a movie called uh, Action. We're writing a movie called Murder House. I've written a movie called The Boondoggle with Rob Riggle, and he's got a movie called Jezebel that is going at Lionsgate. And what was the last part? I think that was it. 
I've never I've heard of tales on dolphins because they're a they're a mammal. The movie Dolphin Tall. Not not yet, but I'm excited to see it. It's one of those anime pornos. It's oh. weird. I saw the anime porno version. It was weird. I like it. Second row center. Oh, I'm not going to answer How's that no matter what it is. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm actually a USC film student, and I'm like, I always get a lot of shit because I want to make movies that you guys make, and I really don't care about artsy and all right. that stuff. My one question, like, um, I've read the book and I love it, but specifically, how do you suggest getting to pitch meetings, getting a literary agent, and being able to take that next step so you can actually go in and start to it's pitch? It's super, super hard, yes. There, there are a lot, what we, we only know what we did, and what we did was we did internships. Uh, like the, in, the, the group we were in the state, we did internships with anybody, with movie production companies, with MTV, with Letterman, with SNL, we, we, just to get into people's faces. And we endlessly stopped creating our own opportunities, which was we would shoot our own stuff, we would edit it, we would film it, we would just do it. Even if no one was asking us, yes. no one cared, no one wanted to see it, we just were always creating and generating uh, short films and things like so that. So that you could show stuff to people, not just talk to them, show stuff. And, and I will say that uh, we did MTV, which now I think Funny or Die YouTube is is the replacement of that. I, I, I think the doors where you, you had to get a meeting with an assistant or get your script into an agent, those doors are still there, but they're not as important as they used they're to really be. They're not. Like we, we've known guys who did little short things on Funny or Die that have gotten them meetings at Universal. Uh, Mitch Silpa did a thing called David Blaine that's on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's so it, stupid. It, it, it yeah. got him meetings at every studio. Every studio has a department now of college kids who watch YouTube for a living. And they find, hey, this guy looks interesting. And they bring them in for meetings. If, if you do neat stuff now, it's much easier. We talk about this in the book, and, and this will sound like I'm kissing up to Apple, but uh, the fact is that the 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 editing material, uh, the editing software on the the cheapest Mac is far better than what we did the state TV show on for real, and better than we had at NYU in the film department when we were there too. And uh, it's and it's also it's a great. It's very easy. Have to a do. have a spec anyway. Like be writing a spec for many reasons, mostly to get better at writing, which you won't get by thinking about it. You only get by writing. It's true. Th write the next one. Write the next one. Um, but also, when you get into the door, they're not going to say, hey, we want to make a movie of that two-minute thing you did for YouTube. They're going to say, hey, you're funny. What do you got for us? Or and so be prepared. Or more likely than not, they're going to say this. We just bought the rights to M&M's. Think you can make an M&M's movie? And you say, And your job yep. is to say yes. And then you figure it out. Yeah. But get in the door. But, but there's a lot more ways By to way, sneak in the door that. than we there used to be. the idea of an M&M's movie. Don't yep. you fucking steal that, I swear to God. <laughs> because that was the best idea I've had in, like, 90 days. Second row right in front of you. Hi, two quick questions. You said you have to leave New York. I'm not from here, though. I live on the outskirts of Farragut, Tennessee. I believe you're familiar with that, Robert, perhaps. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you're saying I really have to leave Greater Farragut to be a rich screenwriter? I can't do it from there? There's a lot of production in Farragut, Tennessee. Don't get me wrong. Uh, well, yeah. Far Did you go to Farragut High School? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Farragut. That's why I say that. Um, you, you, you really do. Like, I think you can do, get a lot of writing done, but if you really want to take it serious and not have it be a hobby, you just if if you want to if you want to 
drill, drill for oil, you got to go to Texas. You know, you, you just have to be there and you have to, the, the importance of, can you come to this table read at five o'clock today and punch up this script after the table read is everything because that's, that's really how you get in is by sitting around and doing a punch up for some terrible movie. And the director says, well, this movie's going to be terrible, but you seem pretty smart. Why don't we have a general next week? And then you got to go to you that general. You can come fix our movie about M&Ms. Which is not going to need fixing. We're on it's fire for that. On that. That's going to yeah, be really 3D? good. Yeah, 3D. I'll be honest. We, it's so funny when you talk to people in New York. Who, we lived in New York. for. We were died in the wool in New York as we went to NYU. We were never intending to leave New York. And we, we weren't aware of how much of the movie industry is in Los Angeles until yeah. you go there. You're like, oh, wow. Oh, this is where all that garbage comes from. Yeah. You know, this was my post office. Yeah. That's when I lived here. Mm -hmm. Second row center. I'm wondering what percentage of the work that you put into your scripts Three. Go, oh. goes into it be, before you even open final draft and write the first page. Oh like my what, goodness gracious. What is yeah. the level of detail? I mean, I've heard some writers say as much as like 80% before you well, write the Our outlines tend to be in the ballpark of 20 to 25 pages long, which is basically an entire movie without the, some of the action and dialogue. It's everything but the yeah. dialogue. It's like, like a 25-page story or 20-page story of the entire film. So like, a lot. Everything. Yeah, you figure, you figure out everything. Everything. And, and that's really from well, experience. If you want to do it as a job and if you want to have fun doing it, you've figured out everything before you really start working on the script. Because if you figure that out as you go, you will hit endless walls. It'll be a maze in your own head that you'll never get out of and it'll be extremely time-consuming and kind of a bummer. And we don't mean rush. It takes us longer to do the outline Far than longer. to write the script. Much no, longer. No. Uh, because it's much easier and more productive to figure out your movie when you're not also writing the damn thing. When you're not also writing the dialogue and write like... Don't, then it truly that's makes details. it fun because you've done the hard part. But really figure out every scene in an outline form so that when you're writing the script, the dialogue will pop because you're not figuring out what he's supposed to be saying while you're writing what he's saying. It's, it's, but do the hard work in dialogue. In the, in then the, do, all do, the do, fun and the outline. nuance and, and all the artistry is in the, in the details once you've done the sort of the heavy lifting of things. And, we and, that's, and again, everything we say, there's no right or wrong answer. That's what we do. Right. And we have time for two more questions. Front row. Mademoiselle. Uh, after you have your script mm -hmm. and you feel that it's good, mm -hmm. do you go to an agent or you go directly to a, a person that will... This is interesting. We have never really written uh, a spec script other than our very first job. Yeah, we, uh, we have only really written for the studios, always been hired to write for the studios. So, um, we, we, we pitch it yeah. first. We, we pitch it, and then they say yes, and then we go write the script, and so we give it directly to, to the buyer. Uh, and, and we'll say this. You'll think this is a lie. Your pitch is more important than your first draft. Far more important. Your pitch being great is more important than your first draft being great. We, we've been hired many, many times to do rewrites, and they will not, they refuse to show us any of the drafts. They'll tell us what the pitch was. Uh, your, your pitch is everything. It's what gets the studio fired up and on the same page. Uh, do, I would say if you have an agent, well, like, like individually, we've written specs. And what I do is I give it to my agent or manager, I figure out what I want to do with it, and then we figure it out together with the agent. If you've never written a script that's had representation, 
or uh, gone out into the world, I think it's very, very important that your, your first script be a little bit in some way startling or shocking or I, I think we, we, we did ourselves a real service by accidentally the first thing that we wrote was a shocking uh, prison comedy that everyone who read it vowed would never get made, but they thought was really funny and they laughed when they read it. So it, it, just, it just stood out. It's just you need to, to be writing something that as and, much as... Yeah. And I think like us, most studio executives, if you write something incredibly unique... When you're writing your spec, that probably will never get made. Probably, probably. Not. Like, your spec is the thing that executives will read and say, wow, this is an interesting person. Let's bring them in and meet now to Now come him. fix M&Ms. And then you sit down with them and they say, we have the rights to M&M. And you go, oh, okay, I'll yeah. do that instead. Those your spec. Yes. So, so even though studio executives read a spec, that's in, they, they want to read something interesting. They want to read something cool. Even if it's a movie, they would never make in a million years. So don't water down your spec. Like, make your spec awesome. Make it as weird as it can be. And then make the studio water you down later. Yeah. Hi. Uh, big fan of both you guys ever since the state and, and you know, lots of other stuff you guys have done. You've covered this, uh, I think, a little bit, but I and it's kind of a general mm. question. Why is it that in the Hollywood system, even in movies in general, screenwriters kind of get stepped all over? I mean, that's my perception, and, it's, and it surprises me a little bit because it seems like no, it's the writing yeah. of the thing would make a huge difference. You in would terms think of if you read any other screenwriting book that writing screenplays is really important. <laughs> They've uh, never th been to Hollywood. I think we made it guys. clear that that's really not the case. Uh, it, you know, it's very interesting, and I, I think it just has a lot to do with the way that the system is set up, which is, uh, you know, in television, the writer is in charge. Yeah. 100%. If yeah. you write something in TV, you are the boss. Everyone defers to you. It's your baby. Uh, in movies, it is precisely the opposite. You are absolutely the most disposable part of the process. You know, I mean, you know, the first AD has way more power on a movie set than the person who wrote. You know, they put your name on the call sheet, which is adorable. It's very cute, but uh, they, it's patronizing. They, they don't want you on set ever. Uh, contractually, they technically have to invite you to visit a set of a movie that you've written, but Never they happens. don't want you there. Because all you're going to do is bitch about how they're ruining your movie, so they really don't invite you. But um, It's a group. It's... It's a group effort. It I is. mean, like, like as a screenplay, what you're doing is is you're really writing something good, and the goal, I mean, is, like, is is that the actors will actually add to it, like that they won't just do the lock cold thing in your mind that that you put on paper, but they'll bring their own art to what you wrote. And a good director will do the same thing, and a good producer will be the same. Like, it's not a novel. Like, like the the screenplay is is a springboard that will hopefully bring the best out of a huge group of people on a set. Like for me, the, the if you watch Casablanca, like the DVD has a documentary about the writers of Casablanca on it, and they fired a shitload of writers on that yeah. movie. They went through at least five teams, and the fact that they can remember five teams probably means they went through about twenty teams. Yeah. Like, uh, and and they and it was a group effort. And and some executive said this script doesn't have enough heart, so they brought in a heart guy, uh, yeah. and then that guy got fired, and they brought in the guy who brought in all the information that he used to run guns to the Spanish. Like it was a group effort, and. It doesn't work 99% of the time. But it when it not. works, you get Casablanca. Yeah. Like, uh, but but I, I think you just have to remember as the writer, and, and I think a lot of it is because writers are so precious with their precious words, but it, it, it's a group effort, and, and, and they should be, in, in our opinion. 
I think that's a good place to end, although I'm sad that it has to end. Oh, Whitney, thank you very oh, much for this. Thank you guys for coming. You. And uh, you can see an them at Comic-Con next week if you're going to Comic-Con. Oh, yes, we'll be at Comic-Con. And thanks to all of you for coming. This has been great. Thank you for having us. Buy their book. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Woo! Thank you once again to Ben and Thomas for being here, guys. The book, Writing Movies for Fun and Profit, available in the iBook store. Of course, you can always hit up apple.com forward slash Soho for all our upcoming events. Some of you are here right now for the Miranda July event happening in just a few short minutes. Welcome. Uh, again, of course, the iBook store. If you don't know what it looks like, there's a little icon. You can download the iBook store for free and then pick up the book. Thank you again so much for coming. If you're here for the Miranda July event, welcome. We'll be getting started in just a few short minutes. Thank you very much. And Take care. Have a wonderful week.